Welcome to the Inside Scoop Live podcast, where indie authors get personal about their books, their writing, and their passions. I'm your host, Sherry Hoyt. Join me for some lively conversations with debut indie authors and seasoned veterans alike. It's a great place to find your next amazing read or even get inspired. So sit back and enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hey everyone, welcome. Today I'm talking with Christian De La Huerta, author of Awakening the Soul of Power. It's a book about how to empower ourselves, live heroically, and set ourselves free. And I don't know about you, but I could sure use a little bit of that right now. I'm really looking forward to talking with Christian today. Uh, But before we get started, here is the inside scoop. Award-winning author Christian De La Huerta is an acclaimed speaker at various settings, including universities, conferences, corporate training, spiritual communities, and the TED Talk stage. Audiences find Christian's message particularly relevant in these times. Christian also practices as a spiritual coach and a leadership development consultant whose work ranges from individuals and couples in private practice to major corporations and nonprofit groups. More about Christian and his work can be found at his website, soulfulpower.com. Well, hi, Christian. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Hi, Sherry. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored uh, to be on the show. Yeah, I've been looking forward to talking with you about your book because I'm curious. There's there's so much I want to dive into, but to just get started, uh, what is Awakening the Soul of Power about? You know, Sherry, a lot of us, I would say most people have an ambivalent relationship with, with power. We want it, but we're afraid of it. And the more that I work with people on this issue, the more that I realize that what we're afraid of is that we might abuse it. Mm. And no wonder. Because, you know, any day that we read the morning headlines or watch the news, we're witnessing multiple abuses of power. And on top of that, we've been conditioned to think that power is a bad thing. So with phrases like power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. But what they forgot to tell us is that that expression was speaking specifically about political power, not interpersonal human power. And so... Combine that, add to the mix the fact that we have been conditioned to be afraid of the emotions. So because we fear rejection, we we avoid conflict, we avoid confrontation, put all that into a mix. And what what happens is that we end up suppressing ourselves. We stuff ourselves. We we stuff our our desires, our preferences, our our beliefs. We end up saying yes when inside we really feel no. Mm -hmm. And so we end up giving away our power, selling out on our power, and settling for less, settling for illusion of security, for false sense of security, for or, or acceptance, and for morsels of pseudo-love. So it, it's not an effective strategy, and it all stems from this misunderstanding about what power is. Yeah, yeah. So what is the soul of power? Like, what inspired that title? What does it mean, and what inspired you to write a book about it? You know, I was actually sitting in meditation, and for only the second time in my life. Now it's happened three times, but this was only the second time. I actually heard the words, like audible words, the soul of power. Mm. And I thought, huh, what an interesting idea. And I you know, got the URL, URL the next day and forgot about it. <laughs> a month later, or a couple of months later, I was had been communicating with a literary agent in New York and on a different book, different subject. And she said to me, well, I want to work with you. Uh, but I want to see some of these marketing ideas that I had put into a proposal. 
implement it before we pitch a publisher. And in my mind, it was like, you know, putting on the brakes. I was already spending the advance (laughs) in my mind. And then... And then it kind of sent me into a spin for a couple of days. As I ponder, right, well, this is not a good strategy. I I don't have a year to wait for this. And then I thought, all right, if I weren't going to write for an advance, like what would I really write about? Mm -hmm. And in the midst of that three-day soul-searching, it it just dawned on me. It was one of like those palm to the heads, you know, da moments or aha moments. And then I thought, well, if I really believe that the single most important thing that needs to happen in the world is the empowerment of women, then what am I doing about about that specifically? And and of course, I work with women all throughout in my retreats and my workshops, but what am I doing about that directly? Mm -hmm. And then I thought, soul of power, women's empowerment, it's like, hello, like, how do we step into power in a different way? That is not the more patriarchal, hierarchical, power over approach, you know, based on fear and control and domination and force that requires for us to push somebody down, step on them, put our knee to their neck in order for us to prop ourselves up and feel powerful. So how do we do power in a different way? And that's what got started me thinking on this journey. Wow. And we're right on time for National Women's History Month, too. So empowering women. (laughs) This is great. Exactly. But your book is not just for women, right? No, no, it's for everybody, okay. of course. Okay. Because it's for, for everybody because no matter what kind of body we're in, we need to resolve this ambivalence about power because what happens is when we stuff ourselves, we either then react because we've been stuffing ourselves for so long and then we just start reacting and, and that causes harm to relationships or, or we just continue stuffing ourselves and, and we risk like a life of soul devouring mediocrity if we keep Mm -hmm. selling out on ourselves and selling out on our true dreams and thoughts and desires. So what the book teaches us how to do is how do we step into power in that different way? And so I talk about different kinds of power. I actually have a whole chapter on what it means to be a man in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. So, So different ways of expressing traditional masculine roles, but in a different way, because this power over patriarchal system, you know, toxic masculinity is not working for anybody. Mm -hmm. Like when we think about, like, I mean, not to minimize the power, you know, the effects of those abuses of power on women and the imbalance of power for thousands of years on the oppression of women, which is completely unacceptable, but it's also harming men. For example, when we think about the fact that the rate of suicide in the U.S., is four times as high among men. So 70% of the suicides in this country are committed by middle-aged white men. What's up with that? Yeah. And women outlive men by five years in the U.S., by seven years globally. So mm-hmm. what's going on with that? And I think part of it relates to this, what it means to be a man and how we express our power. So, you know, men are so conditioned to walk around like robots and unfeeling and with such a limited imprisoning way of what it means to be a man and what's okay for men to do and what's not okay. And so there's got to be a price to pay for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, men and women are just different. We just do things differently from each other. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and that's what the book is, is addressing. Oh, wow. And and it also has to connect to the emotions, right? Because men, since we're little boys, we're conditioned. Little boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. Where you know, because we've made the emotions weakness and connected it with the feminine as if the feminine was weakness, 
Like, it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. You want to talk strength and power? Talk about the power of creation that happens in a woman's body. Yeah. <laughs> That's powerful. Yeah. But because we misunderstood these things, we suppress like even our emotions, because that's not what a man does. A man's not supposed to feel. And so the emotions, the thing we, we don't realize, the emotions are not good, they're not bad, they're not weakness, they're not strength, they're just energy. Mm. What used to be spiritual teaching, that everything is energy, now we know from quantum physics that it's true. Mm-hmm. Everything is energy, including the body, including the emotions. Energy cannot be destroyed. So when we stuff our emotions they have to come out somewhere. So, and if we don't give them expression, they're going to start showing up as physical symptoms with heart attacks, with stomach ulcers, cancer. Yeah. And so I think that is one of the reasons for, for that difference in longevity and the rate of suicide. Yeah. When you were talking earlier about giving away your power, I related to some of that. And then what you were just speaking to about the physical symptoms, because I, I think personally, I, I say yes a lot when I want to say no. And then I don't Mm -hmm. feel good about it. And then it affects me physically. I lose sleep. I stress about it. I I want to eat more, you know, all these, all these things, because I said yes, when I wanted to say no. Exactly, exactly. And that's kind of what most of us do. That's the human condition for most of us. Yeah, this book will walk people by the hand. And first of all, help them realize, wait a minute, you don't have to do that. There's a way that you can express your power that is congruent with who you are, right? That, that works for you, that is a match for who you are, that doesn't require for you to, to abuse it or to sell out on it either, right? So, yeah. so I talk about different kinds of power. You know, there's worldly power, which we tend to associate with things outside of us or egoic power. So we tend to think of people who are powerful, people who are rich, who have money, who have fame, who are maybe part of some kind of hierarchy, whether it's a corporate ladder or corporate structure or religious organization. But the thing about all those expressions of power, they're outside of us, they're Mm -hmm. external. So they're here today, gone tomorrow. Mm -hmm. As a lot of people are discovering through this COVID pandemic, you know, with with companies shutting down their doors and people whose identities were connected to their jobs are suddenly like, wait a minute, who am I uh, if I'm not that? And then whereas the other kind of power is internal, it's inside each and every one of us and nobody can give it to us. Nobody can take it away. We are the only ones who can give it away. And so once, once we start realizing that, that the power is inside of us and they're different, they express themselves differently, but the internal power, spiritual power, soulful power is no less powerful. In fact, I think it is even more powerful because it's permanent. So think about, you know, the, it's like I think about Gandhi or, or Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings, you know, in their simple monastic robes or sandal feet. They don't, like, you would never know the power they hold until it's necessary. Right. And then, watch out. Like, like <laughs> Gandhi brought the British Empire to its knees when it was at its highest point globally without ever shooting a gun or landing a punch. Mm. Like, that's powerful. Yeah. It's not like um, something you're going to do once and then be good at. I mean, you're, you're having to relearn or retrain or recondition your mind. Um, and it's, I mean, it sounds simple, but it's not easy. It's not an easy thing. It's a process. So that's why I, this book is part of a series of three books. This is the first one. Mm. 
the series is titled Calling All Heroes. So what does it mean to live heroically in the 21st century? You know, we, we don't have the horse hitched outside and the armors and the demons display, except the ones inside of our, our own heads. Mm-hmm. And so those are the fears. Those are the, you know, the, the demons, the fears, the insecurity, the self-doubt, the, the, the conditioning. Um, and so doing what we're talking about, which is facing them, and, and, you know, like going inside and going within and asking the hard questions. Why, why does this behavior trigger me in this person? Why do I get, get stuck in these relationship patterns or these behavior patterns? Why do I do the things I do? Why do I sabotage myself? You know, that, and why do I get stuck in these patterns that sometimes it feels like I'm in the same old, boring relationship and the same old play, maybe with a different actor, but it's mm-hmm. the same old boring thing. Mm-hmm. Why do we do that? Right. So, so it, does you're right it takes work it's nothing short of heroic and so we get into what that means we get into understanding in the book what the ego mind is how it works how it limits us how it keeps us stuck in a self-made prison of of fear and limitation and the more that we understand that then we can get free ourselves from that yeah so that's hard (laughs) that's hard overcoming your fears how do you take the first step because I get the feeling sometimes that maybe I'm afraid of overcoming this fear, if that makes sense. Because it's like, well, wait a minute, that's yeah. my that's my go to. That's yeah. where I want to go when I want to go hide and you know just whatever. So what do I do if I give that up? You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like a security blanket. Yeah. It's, the, it's the comfort zone, right? But that is not it's not satisfying. Yeah. It's just it's, familiar. It's comfortable. Yeah. It's familiar. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's the word. And so, so, and I totally get it, right? So that's why I'm a, I'm an unlikely person to be writing about this and to be speaking about this because I, I was painfully shy mm. as a teenager, and, and my adolescence was one long depression. So I know self doubt, I know self hatred even, and I was a good student. I had a 4.0 in high school except for one B my last year, mm. and of course I didn't do this intentionally, but looking back on it. I sabotaged my 4.0 so that I wouldn't have to get up in front of an auditorium filled with hundreds of people and give the valedictorian speech. There is no way, no way that I would have been ready to do that then. These days, it's like I speak all over the world. I'm a TEDx speaker. Um, I'm a professional speaker. I get paid for speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that I know that all these fears and self-doubts can be healed and can be transcended and and all our self-imposed limitations can be overcome and so i know it's doable i promise you it's doable because i'm the living proof yeah you just have to do the work yes and and it's not easy but it's very doable yeah right it's that's the heroic element to it but but it's not like rocket science either so so let me tell you how i transcended my fear of public speaking it's like because at the same time i had a sense of mission like i knew i had work to do in this planet and i knew well i'm gonna have to have to get over this <laughs> this is not gonna work if i'm gonna continually you know hide and stuff myself and not speak what i know i need to speak and so i signed up for a public speaking course and, and for 14 weeks i hated it <laughs> because i detested it because every thursday i had to get up and give three two-minute speeches mm. come monday I was already dreading it. I was already losing sleep. You know, that anxiety is like, oh, my God, what do I want to talk about? And what am I going to say? And, you know, that anxiety that keeps us up at night. But what happened? You know, like halfway through, seven, eight weeks into it, 
having done it so much, like it stopped being such a big deal. Hmm. Like, so it's, it's that sense of like every time we take a little step, it doesn't even have to be a big one outside of our comfort zone, which we you know, which is like where we're established now being comfortable, being who we are, being with others, relating to, to the world. Like, mm-hmm. But every time we stretch a little bit, like we put, place ourselves in a little bit of discomfort, a little bit of risk even, but it's, it's only emotional and psychological risk. Like, of course, you're not going to die. Right. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? You bomb on you when you're giving a speech and people don't like it, but that's it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but every we make it so much bigger, like that it is in our minds, and we let it hold us back and inhibit our self-expression. But so once we do that, like two minutes this week, two minutes next week, go on that coffee date this week, go on that interview this week, right? Just like one little step, one little step. But at the end of, of a year of of doing that now our comfort zone is way 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 out there Mm -hmm. that's how we overcome fear wow that's good stuff i want to you're very inspiring i love listening to you talk too you make me want to okay i'm gonna go work on myself i gotta go but you know what it to me it's the only way series yeah because that's where our fulfillment is Yeah. yeah like like we all know we've all lived long enough to know at least intuitively even if we haven't thought about it that there isn't any relationship out there that's going to make us happy like and and it's not even their job to like if Mm -hmm. if that's how we're approaching a relationship you're going to make me happy it's like whoa what a responsibility to put in somebody else so that's kind of doomed from the beginning yeah and we we all know that there's no amount of money that's going to make us happy like how often do we see all these you know celebrities and multi-millionaires who's committing suicide drug problems that's not the solution either we know that and and not to make money wrong it definitely can make life easier and more comfortable uh, but it doesn't buy us happiness to me the only thing that gives us that is, is that sense of fulfillment that comes from expressing our unique human potential because there isn't anyone in this universe or any other universe that has the same kind of genetics and the same kind of experiences that make each one of us unique and if we don't give expression to that ain't nobody else gonna do it right right so how do you recommend one read your book to get the most out of its content does awakening the soul of power provide specific steps to follow yeah, it's a great question. I, I designed the book specifically for that, to walk step by step. So short chapters, mm-hmm. and each chapter has power practices or, or you know, hero tasks at the mm-hmm. end. So they're designed to help us take the teachings, take the concepts so that they just don't stay in the hypothetical mm-hmm. and apply them to our lives because that's what's going to make us integrate them and, and embody them. Uh, so I would say, you know, Take your time with the book. Just don't don't rush through it, like and take the time to do the practices, which you know because that's what's going to help us, like help you really understand yourself. Mm-hmm. And so the the first part of it is understanding the ego mind, uh, because that is the obstacle to everything that we want. If we want to have relationships that work, if we want to have a sense of personal empowerment, if we want to have a life that is filled with meaning and purpose, we gotta get what the, how the mind works. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the first chunk of it. And then we get into the whole section on the different kinds of power, you know, worldly power versus spiritual power or soulful power. And yeah, it just walks you through. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Now, you also have other resources available, I understand. Uh, so what can readers do 
after they finish reading your book, Awakening the Soul of Power, if they want to dive a little deeper and take the next step? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So I have a, um, a Facebook group, Unleash Your, Your Inner Hero. So that's one place where people can find community, where they have access to me, where they have access to teachings and, you know, supportive community of people trying to also free and empower themselves. Mm-hmm. And then there, they, I do, I offer retreats, I offer workshops, I take people on adventures, you know, throughout the world, you know, I call them soulful treks, what mm-hmm. would happen if, if a retreat and a vacation got married and, and had a child, <laughs> that's what that is. I love that. yeah. <laughs> You know, I've taken people to Hawaii and Machu Picchu in Peru and southern France and Egypt and New Mexico. So really beautiful experiences. You know, I haven't been able to do that for the mm-hmm. last year. So what I've had to do, like many others, is pivot and create online programming, for which I'm actually really grateful. Mm-hmm. So I've got a, a year-long experience and, you know, affordable, accessible where we walk through all those things that, that I do in my retreat about relationships, about personal empowerment, life purpose, um, about leadership from a conscious perspective. And, and again, like what I, what, of course, I'll go back to doing retreats as soon as we can. They're amazing mm-hmm. and they're transformational. Mm-hmm. What I'm loving about this concept of the year long is that by stretching it out over a year, I get to deliver the teaching sort of piecemeal and make it interactive. Mm-hmm. So, so give them assignments, some from the book and, and some beyond the book. There's a sense of community and support and accountability. So, you know, pair people up in pairs or triads to keep each other doing what we said we would do and bringing in modalities of teaching that are addressing all the ways that we learn. So we have visual stuff and, and auditory stuff and teachings that involve the body. And so it's, I'm really excited about this new um, modality of sharing the teachings. It's, it's, it's taking me to a different level, having to think of a different way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier that Awakening the Soul of Power is the first book in, in a three-book series, Calling All Heroes. Yeah. What can we expect from the other two books, and do you have a time frame in mind to release them? The next one is um, Halfway Done. It's called, um, the working title is Attracting and Nurturing Relationships That Work. Mm. So I was thinking originally the fall, but now given the pandemic and the fact that we haven't really been able to promote the books like we're used to going on an author tour and that kind of thing. Right. I think what I'm thinking is maybe giving it a little bit more time, giving this first one a little bit more time and launching the second one, Relationships Book, in like around St. Valentine's of 2022 of next year. So about a year from now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that kind of makes sense to me. And that book is about how do we identify the subconscious ways in which we attract the wrong people into our lives. We fall for people or, or, or get in a relationship with people who are just not a match or they're not available. They live on the other side of the country or the world. They're already with somebody else. They, they're just not there. Mm-hmm. And so what's going on there? What are, what are the subconscious patterns? Why do we do that? And so that we can stop the patterns and really have, understand you know, how relationships work, how we approach them uh, so that they actually have a chance. Oh, yeah, that's going to be amazing. Why do we do those things? Why do we do Why anything? Do we That'll do be those. interesting. Yeah. 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 And then the third book is on, oh, and, and I still have a section in that book on sexuality and spirituality, mm. like, like bridging those two, yeah. because we have, as a, as a species, as a world, we have 
you know, it used to be just a Western thing. Now it's pretty much all over the world. We have externalized the sacred, the spiritual, you know, like we put it far away from us. How much further could we have placed heaven and, and where the hell is heaven anyway? Mm-hmm. Um, and then anything that's of the physical, we made it something less than, right? We made it something to be conquered, subjugated, controlled. In the case of, of the body, of the human body, we animalized it. The sense of sexuality, we demonized it. So no wonder we have sexual issues and mm-hmm. no wonder we have relationship stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have, we'll have a whole section on how we bridge that chasm, that gap. And then the third book is on life purpose and conscious leadership. And I'm thinking a year after the second one. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, you're going to be busy. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. That's the goal, right? Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So do you have any advice for listeners who want to get started in awakening and taking back their power? Yeah, I would say, you know, first step is understand yourself. So go within so that you start getting to understand your, your triggers and, and your behavior patterns. So, for example, look at what kind of relationships do you tend to give your power away? Is it mostly in intimate, romantic, sexual relationships? Do you tend to give your power away in relationships with authority figures? So, you know, parental figures, bosses, ministers, that kind of thing. So begin to observe yourself so that you understand the patterns. And then as you understand the patterns, you can figure out what's at the core of that. Understand the difference between the the powers, you know, worldly power and soulful power so that you can accept that the power is within or that you get to express it in a way that works for you. And then also continue going within and understand the patterns that we've been talking about of self-sabotaging and why we do the things we do. And the more that we strengthen our sense of self, our sense of who we are, the less that we're going to give our power away. Well, thank you so much, Christian, for joining me today on Inside Scoop Live and for sharing with our listeners a little bit more about you and your work and your new book, Awakening the Soul of Power. Sherry, it's, it's an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. I loved our conversation and love connecting with you, and, and thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today for my interview with Christian De La Huerta, author of Awakening the Soul of Power. You can learn more about Christian and his work at soulfulpower.com. And don't forget to check out our other interviews at InsideScoopLive.com. 